Awesome, man. And I have Mike Fallett on the podcast today. And uh, I'm super stoked about this, man. We, we met at uh, Chris Roots Mastermind in Destin, Florida this year. And uh, Mike is a super passionate entrepreneur and business person with a, long, a lot of strong views and uh, great perspectives on business and life. So, dude, it's an honor to have you on today, man. Thrilled to be here, dude. You were at that mastermind with Chris Rude and, uh, you know, nothing but patriots there. I love being around individuals who are not afraid to show people who they really are, stand up for their true beliefs. And so that's why whenever you said, hey, you want to be on my podcast, it was an automatic yes, because, you know, whenever you're around individuals like a Chris Rude who have an automatic filtering process by being so outspoken and uh, courageous with their words and actions, you draw in a certain individual. And that's why when I go to his events and meet people like you, I want to automatically do business with them in some capacity. Yeah, love it, dude. Awesome, man. Well, guys, if you're not familiar with Mike, um, he he's the owner of Dream Starters Publishing. I mean, there's over, over 280 books, I believe, that's been published. Best 285, yeah. 285 best-selling books. Also the host of uh, Million Dollar Podcast story. So we're going to have those links on the, on the show, but let's dive into the, to the Genesis, man. I mean, how you got started, uh, in your journey into business and entrepreneurship. So let's start me from the, from the beginning, man. And how, how did you get to where you are today? Oh man, it's, uh, I'm sure it's the, uh, the common story of, you know, the ups and downs and the, the struggles, the pain, the, the self-doubt, um, uh, but it all started in 2008. I graduated from school I was in my senior year of uh, Duquesne University. Well, I guess I'll take it even a step back. Whenever I was 16 years old, I thought I was going to join the Navy. And my whole life was like, okay, you know, I'm a short guy. What's going to help me get girls? All right, let me join the military. That's where I'm going to follow in my dad's footsteps, my grandfather's footsteps. Let's go to the Navy. And you know what would really impress people? Let's be a Navy SEAL. So like, I, I kept thinking that's where I was going in my life. So 16 years old, I get my driver's license. And so I there's a there's a convenience store that's close to my house. And my friend put me in touch with the owner. I had no idea who this guy was. But when I started working for this individual, um, I found out he's pretty damn successful. He drove the fancy cars, dated the pretty girls, um, just had an awesome life. And I thought to myself, man, what is this guy all about? For the very first time in my life, I knew the word entrepreneur, like business owner. I, I met, and he was a real millionaire. He was the first millionaire that I ever knew in my life. And uh, I wasn't cashing my paychecks at all because I was so obsessed with saving my money. And I, he didn't really know me. I really didn't know him. I just heard about it. I'd see him around. One day he comes down. He goes, are you the kid that's not cashing your paychecks? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like, that's my savings account, basically. If I don't have it, I can't spend it. So it kind of took him uh, uh, took him off guard a little bit by saying, whoa, this kid is 16, 17 years old, not cashing his paychecks. Uh, first off, you got to cash your paychecks because you're screwing up our banking system, our accounting. Yeah, that's in the, in what the I was office. thinking of, like from his perspective. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about that, I'm like, that's yeah. why I do the ACH. It's better be gone. So I yeah. need to keep at uh, yeah. everything in line. Anyways. And he's like, you know what? Now that you're, you said that I'll help you out. I'll start to teach you a little bit about mutual funds and investing. And so he kind of took me under his wing and started to show me the ropes of like making money. Now, I didn't really understand that whole stuff in the beginning, but uh, I did look up to this individual. And that's when I said, man, I'm whatever he's doing, I'm going to do. So I got away from the Navy 
And I told him, like, whatever you're doing, just teach me what you know. He's like, go to school, just get a degree, because no matter what, if you fail in life, you always can fall back on that. So he's the one that told me to go to Duquesne University, take on severe debt, seriously bad advice, in my opinion. I'm not a big (laughs) fan of school. Anyway, I go to school, senior year, still working for this guy. He gives me rich dad, poor dad. And that's the book that changed my life. So are you familiar with that book? Yes, sir. Absolutely. The greatest, right? I interview hundreds of entrepreneurs and most of them, I'm telling you, most of them say that that's the book that changed their life. Yes. It's pretty wild. So I read that. I'm like, oh my God, why did I go to school? Okay. Let me take this whole entrepreneur passion of mine and take it to the next level. So let me get my real estate license. And within six months of reading that book, I got my real estate license and then I bought a four unit building. So I was off and running as an entrepreneur, 22, 23 years old. Nice. And uh, there I was, you know, getting cocky. Oh, I'm a landowner. I'm a business owner. I'm making some money, a couple, couple hundred bucks a month from this four yeah. unit building. You know, you get cocky. <laughs> and that's whenever I thought about like the the passion. What do I really passionate about? Why don't I, I like creating, right? From the ground up. I, this whole real estate thing is awesome. I still do it, uh, but not at that degree. So I, I thought, what do I really want to be known for? And that's when I thought about like building businesses from the ground up. So I started four businesses dog product service, a data and analytics company, a software business, an events company, all failures, major failures. Mm -hmm. And I went into severe debt. So 2014 comes around. I need to clear up that debt because I was pretty much out of money, got a corporate job, started to pay off that that credit card debt. I mean, I was about $300,000 into debt with everything. So it was bad. (laughs) And so I started a fifth business called uh, Doggy Surprise. It was a direct-to-home dog product service, and it made me a little bit of money. I'm at dog shows. I'm playing guitar. I'm singing about dog treats, and I'm making money. So people come to me, and they ask me, Mike, it looks like you know what you're doing. Can you help me about when it comes to starting a business? And I thought to myself, why is this business successful as compared to the first four? Well, it's very simple. There's a thing called demand for this product. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a little bit more vision. All right, let me start to identify all that and teach individuals what I've learned from four major failures. I still had the rental property going. Uh, my heart wasn't in real estate, but right. these startup things, thats that to me just got my blood pumping. So I started to list out the things that made me successful in that fifth business. And then I asked the girl I was dating at the time, can you help me turn this into a book? Turned it into a book and I figured out how to become a bestseller. And then 2015, 2016, we turned it into a bestseller and uh, my life was never the same. I thought when I became an Amazon bestselling author, people would come to me for business advice. Turns out, it just, I guess this is the nature of the of the beast. People started asking me, how did you become a bestseller? How did right. you do that? How did you write a book? And then I started thinking, wait a second, this dog business, maybe I got to put this down and create a publishing house, a publishing company. So we started to work with entrepreneurs. Since then, we've done over 300 and some books total and uh, 285 bestsellers. That's powerful, man. That's that's so powerful. And what's crazy is, you know, start, starting in your in the beginning of your story, you have this plan. I'm going to I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? I'll be a Navy SEAL. And, it, it, and you know, it's and it's it has good intentions. And you meet a guy, you know, he's still not. I mean, obviously, uh, there were some things I'm sure that you didn't see eye to eye with, but it, it was still a catalyst. It was a catalyst to, you know, get you going into a certain direction. 
He got you on this path. He gave you a book. You read the book. Uh, it changed your life. And then there were so many different parts of that path where it was just like constant evolutions. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so cool. I mean, and that's where I think a lot of people struggle in, in business and entrepreneurship. It's like, you're not going to have it all figured out. You know, I mean, you just got to start on the path, start taking action, and then things are going to evolve and change. And next thing you know, you're, you have a dog company and now you have your main company. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just cool to, to listen to uh, those stories, man. Cause I think there's so many, you know, golden nuggets of, you know, just get on the path and start taking action. But Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a major catalyst for me too, Mike. I, I read that book and what was my experience with it was it actually pissed me off at first. I was angry. I, I went through a, a, a phase. I was, I was, uh, I was excited. And then once the information like sunk in, I was pissed off. Yeah. And then I got a little like, you, you know, got a little down on myself. Cause I'm like, man, I'm so behind, you know, I'm so <laughs> behind. I'm not Dude, I have all the wrong data, all the wrong information. Yes. And, you know, it was a really, really cool book, but it was it was actually the the first book for me that really, uh, I think it changed my mindset. It was huge, man. So yeah, definitely recommend it, that. It's a shock if, you, uh, if you're familiar with the movie The Matrix. Remember yes, when he says, like, you, you don't want to unplug somebody if they've been in it for too long because they can't take it. Right. And thank God I was 23 whenever, 22, 23, whenever I read that, because if I was 40 and I read that, I would I would be so angry at the world programming yeah. me in a certain way. Oh my God, everything I was doing is it was absolutely wrong, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not taught this for a reason, and so that's why if you are out there, pick up this book as soon as you can. It will put you on a whole different course. Dude, so true, man. So true. I read it. I was twenty eight, twenty nine, so I was a little bit later in the game, you know, and. Uh, Dude, yeah, such such a big pivotal pivotal. Yeah, I was, de- I was definitely pissed off. I was like, man, twenty eight years of my life wasted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, it's all good, man. You make up for it over time. So you started this publishing company. Um, what were some of the challenges? I mean, obviously people were coming to you, but what what were some of those beginning challenges? You know, starting that that company because obviously you attention. wrote a book. What was yeah. that? It was attention. So the challenge when you're starting a business is getting enough people to know, like, and trust you right out of the gate. And yes, uh, I wanted to become like the professional business book guy. I was wearing the suits. I was wearing sweaters. I was wearing ties. And I'm trying to be so professional and so, you know, uh, high level. And I wanted to look like I was way bigger than I really was. Right. And it came off as inauthentic. When you're trying too hard to be someone you're really not. Like I'm a guy, you see this? I am dressed like this nonstop yep. wherever, you know? I mean, it's usually a black t-shirt, black shirt, jeans, boots, that's it. So I realized that the hardest part was kind of separating myself Um you know, human side to business side. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm this normal guy, but then whenever I get on camera, I, do I have to sound smarter than I really am? Like right. that was really difficult for me because I tried to, I tried to become this true professional in front of everybody. So they would, they would trust me. Well, right. the opposite happened. Uh, they would look at me and they'd probably see someone who's trying too hard. So attention, keeping their attention for a long enough period, but also getting clients to actually hand over. And at that time, I was only $2,000, $2,500 per book. 
Think about how insane that is. My competitors charge a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. I'm charging two thousand twenty five hundred bucks somewhere in there. So it's almost like not believable to certain right. people. Right. Uh, and then I guess the other hard part of that is when you are just starting out, you have no money, no connections, no resources. You are now separating yourself from your old crew, your old mm. group. You're becoming this new identity, right? You're going from employee or struggling yeah. uh, struggling entrepreneur to now putting yourself on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn for all your old friends and families to see that you are now a different person. You're this you're this expert, right? Like you are now you're now right. becoming someone different. Yeah. And which means your circle's going to change, your verbiage is going to change, your beliefs are going to change. So the, I would say that my the catalyst that put me into, uh, I guess, success with the book business was there was an individual who came to me and he said, looks like you know what you're doing when it comes to books. Uh, his name is Anthony Lawley. You guys can look him up. He, he did a Netflix special, all that with losing weight, really nice. successful real estate investor in New York City. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he reached out to me. I was struggling at the time, 2017, 2018, 2017, what it was. He reached out to me and he said, looks like you know what you're doing with the book business. Now, here I am still trying to like be professional, do everything I possibly can, just not feeling like it's me yet. I didn't own right. my identity. Right. And, and I'm alone, by the way. You know, the girlfriend <laughs> let me go. Uh, <laughs> friends, no friends are laughing at me. Like, who is this guy I really think he is? Mm -hmm. This guy reached out to me. He saw something in me that most people didn't. And he said, you know what? It looks like you know you're doing the book business. I wrote a book, but I have no idea how to become a bestseller. And I had the wherewithal at that time to say, send me it. I'll turn you into a bestseller. Don't even pay me. And by the way, I was I couldn't even afford bills. I was just thinking, wow. how can I be of service? How can I help someone yeah. who's way beyond me? How can I prove to the market that I can do this stuff? So I turned him into a bestseller. He was so thankful. He's like, hey, why don't you come out to New York City for my book book event. It's going to be at Barnes and Nobles. We're going to have hundreds of people there. I want you there. And I'm, I'm like, oh shoot, I have to like pay for a hotel. Um, how about I'll drive out? Yeah. So I said, yes. Millionaire, by the way, another multimillionaire. Yeah. I drive out. I stay in Staten Island. Are you familiar with New York? Uh, I have not been to New York. Yeah. Okay. But I am so, from, yeah. So Staten Island's basically, you could take like a ferry over. Okay. And Staten Island's probably not the safest place to yeah. stay when it comes to New York, but you can get away with sleeping in your car in Staten Island. So I slept in my car for two days. Oh, I would shower at the YMCA and I would take the ferry over for his book event. <laughs> and, and I got to know him a little bit more. And we, he's just so thankful. While I was at the event, he goes, you know, he's, he says, hey, Mike Fowler, where's where are you at? And I stand up in front of everybody in this room. I said, so new to me at this time. And this is the guy that helped me out. I was, I was like, oh my God, he mentioned me. And after that event, he's like, I'm going to put you in touch with a bunch of people who need books. So when I left that event, I was listening to Think and Grow Rich Love to it. there and on the way back, another yep. game changer. Yes. By the time I got back, he probably sent me eight clients. So I was off and running. Now, now think about that lesson. If you can be of service, stop worrying about your own necessities for a little bit and just be of service, the market rewards those people 100%. and says, I'll send you more business because you've now helped me without thinking of you first. And it just set my whole life in order for probably a year and a half. I had clients coming in based off of me saying I worked with Anthony Lolly. It was incredible. That's so powerful. the identity shift was the hardest part. Second part was getting clients to know, like, and trust me, uh, you know, high paying clients, 
to give me a couple thousand dollars to get something done for him. Two pieces there. And I guess that once you do something long enough, you probably get good at it. That's a habit you can create in your life. So that identity becomes easier to own. And then the other part of it is, is that how do you get people to trust you? Maybe you got to deliver before they pay. And maybe you got to prove yourself to the market before uh, money starts coming in. That's powerful, man. There's, there's all those are big golden nuggets. And I think the first part you said with, uh, you know, you're, you're getting on Facebook, you're getting on LinkedIn. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for, for entrepreneurs, right? Is you you go from, uh, you know, just, just a dude doing your thing and all, you have all the friends that have known you for years, your mom, your aunt, your uncles, you know what I mean? They're like, and the next thing you know, you're a book expert, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's the thing is, is the, I feel like the world tends to see someone like yourself in a more clearer perspective versus versus you know the people that we've known for 15 to 20 years right because it's like they have all these preconceived ideas and as entrepreneurs we're constantly growing you know we're constantly evolving and it's hard for some of those people to kind of catch up with the present day version of ourselves and I've experienced that too I mean I, I went from you know a personal trainer I was a personal trainer for so long and so people would box me in you know, oh, he's just, you know, he's just a, a meathead, you know, meathead trainer, you know, you know what I mean? You know, it, it was that type of, that type of uh, persona. And then when I inspired after Rich Dad, Poor Dad, by the way, after that book, when I inspired to, I want to, I want to get into real estate. I want to be a business person. People were literally like, it was, it was uncomfortable for me and them where, you know, cause it's like, dude, who are you? You're, you're, you're just a, a trainer at 24 hour fitness, like, you know, now you want to go into real estate and you want to do all these things. And so I think that's a big challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs. I'm glad you brought that up. And then the second component of you, you took the risk. I mean, this guy was a, he basically was a door. He opened up the door for you, but you didn't know that you didn't know know. that was going to happen, you know? And I think that's just, that's just such a powerful lesson that a lot of, um, especially new businesses, you know, could, could relate to. It's like, Hey, you know, I got to get my foot in the door. I got to, I got to be a value. I got a service. I got to come from the right place before I'm going to get my massive reward. And you didn't know that he was going to bring eight clients, but that return on your investment, dude, that's unbelievable. That one person probably made you, he made you a lot of money. Uh, I would say, I mean, he's still sending me clients yeah. and I, I haven't really talked to him directly in a while, but it's always like, you know, a text message or an email. Uh, and I haven't seen him since in person. So I, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh, New yeah. York city has been, uh, not the, uh, ha- doesn't have the best brand reputation recently <laughs> over the past couple of years <laughs> yeah. politically. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, when things calm down, I'm going to come out and see him and, uh, and thank him in person for everything. But yeah, uh, maybe, you know, $150,000, the guys probably sent me. It's so crazy. And, and that's, 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 that's the lesson, man, is taking that risk and doing the right thing. And then you get rewarded. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned obviously the identity part of, of changing your identity. Obviously you had to, you know, it took you a little while to maybe feel more comfortable and kind of, you know, what your, what your identity is into the business space. What were some of your personal things that have kind of helped you, you know, develop good habits you know, strengthen your identity, evolve yourself, transform yourself. Because I think that is as, as business owners and entrepreneurs, especially, uh, you know, for people that are creative like yourself and you're creating things, you're, we're like alchemists, you know, we, we, we're, we're transforming our identities constantly. We're always looking for a way to, to improve ourselves. 
what are some of the tools that that have helped you in that process? I would say that, uh, I mean, this is kind of a spin off of uh, a Jordan Peterson quote. Uh, are you a Jordan Peterson fan? Yes, I love Jordan yeah. Peterson. Yes. Yeah. yes. If anybody out there listening, please pull up some Jordan Peterson. But yep. what I started to do, and the reason why I resonate with him so much is because everything that he says, like I, I analyzed in my life before I heard it. I'm like, okay, whenever I say something that makes me feel weak, I need to, uh, I need to get rid of that. You know, yeah. I'm not ready. I don't have the money. Uh, you know, that person's out of my league. Um, why would that person want to do business with me? All these things that the moment I would think it or say it, if, if it automatically made me feel weak, I had to fix that. So the habits that I changed were self-talk. I would talk myself up to such a high degree. All right. You deserve this. You're worthy of this. You can do this. You can start to be of service to the millionaires and the billionaires. You deserve to be in that world. So self-talk was probably the number one thing that I applied. Um, and then I started to analyze who do I really want to become? I started listing this out almost like on a daily basis. And I think I was analyzing some of my heroes. So where am I at now? Where was I? And where do I want to go? And what that means is who does that person, who, who is that person all the way? How confident are they? How do they dress? How free are they? What's their daily schedule look like? So I started to map out that perfect version of who I want to become. You know, what type of girls does that guy date? Right. So like even who who's in that guy's circle, uh, right. when that guy speaks to people, listen, and what's he talking about? Is he talking about some stuff that matters? Does he have the courage? Does he have the conviction? And so self-talk, you know, talking myself up and the second habit of identifying that, that, that perfect version, that next best version of myself that I'm trying to pursue at all times. Now, Matthew McConaughey did talk about this in one of his speeches. Right? The, he says like he's always chasing his heroes. And I thought that was really cool how he put that. So I even kind of did a spin on that a while back. But you're always chasing that next best version of yourself. And if you can analyze the person who you once were, and you can almost kill that person off, you know, all the bad habits, yeah. all the things that made you feel weak or things that you were failing at. It's almost like you just burn yourself to the core of like yeah. what really is whole. And Jordan Peterson, to, to talk a little bit more about him, he says that you got to start analyzing your self-talk and all the actions that you're doing that you know you could be doing right now that will fix your life for tomorrow. And it's scary. So I'm 30 years old at this point realizing that all my habits are not good drinking right so like i used to drink a lot i used to drink like a fish me too man me too do yes yeah yeah so going back to what made you feel weak not just self-talk but what are you putting in your body yeah right when you were drinking i want to ask you a question here yeah. when you were drinking did you ever wake up and feel like that was thank god i did that like how, i feel so much better now like that has never happened no. after a night of drinking. Dude, every, I woke up, I felt shitty, and I probably did something really shitty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, it was always one of the two. Like, I, I never woke up and was like, wow, I'm a good person. You know what I mean? It, it was, yeah, I mean, dude, in, in my 20s, uh, and even a little bit, yeah, mostly my 20s. I mean, it was four nights a week, five nights. I mean, I was just- Same, yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it, and I yeah I guess another thing what I realized was every time I felt regret or shame or guilt, it had to do with drinking. Yeah, like it, what I said, how I felt, um, and, and there there came a point where I just was less of a human being the day after drinking. Yeah, and I didn't need it anymore. So the moment yeah. you realize that, you know, it's a crutch. You're you're doing it for some other reason. And I know, going looking back, I was doing it because I wasn't confident. I was doing it because yeah. I wasn't satisfied with my life. So true. So that new identity shift uh, entailed uh, or included me getting away from stuff like that. You know what I was putting in my body, all the activities, all the bar scenes, and you kind of. You, you start a new chapter and it kind of sucks because you know you're never going back. Once you open up this new door, yeah. you're never going back to that old life. So it's I, I don't want to knock it because I had a lot of great experiences in college and, and high school and all that. So I'm not yeah. against drinking. Just for me at the, my age, I'm 38 years old. I could never do it again, ever. So the habits come from and I guess over time, this is, there's all these 1% moves. You probably, you know, you look at your life and you say they're all big moves. But when you get to a certain point and when you make a certain amount of money to get to the next level, it's not real big moves. It's like these little shifts. It's yes. this one move. It's this one mastermind. Yeah. It's this one person. Yeah. It's this new habit you put in your day. So I realized like, you know, not just the self-talk. Not just uh, maybe even the people in your life. You know, you start to analyze that some people are holding you back. These habits, what you're putting in your body, but um, but you know, the schedule, the perfect schedule. If you can analyze that, you know, people right now are probably living their life outside of what they have to do. I started to reverse it, and I say. What what do I want my day to look like? What you know, I want to wake up, I want to do Zoom calls, I want to work from my house. I need to build that life. And then everything else is outside of that. Mm. So it's the opposite mentality as compared to the the average person, where they usually say, you know what, that after I work, or I'll do that um if I have time. Right. Well, my thought is I'm gonna build my day around me running, taking care of my body, getting the rest. You know, feeding my mind with good stuff, reading books, getting around masterminds. I'll build my day around that because that is what's going to move the needle. That's powerful. Yeah. So the one yeah. percent moves, and then eventually you start analyzing everything: people, yeah. actions, your spiritual side, yes. food intake. And over time, you just become more aware, more aware, and then you become very dangerous. And I think that clarity equals freedom in everything. So Agreed. the more clear you are on your direction, the more clear you are on who you want in your life, how you want to look, how you want to speak, who you want to do business with, and the and the world definitely responds to that. Oh, that's powerful, man. Yeah, I can relate to all of that, dude. Like times <laughs> 10, <laughs> times 10, bro. Because I, I mean, so many, I mean, you know, I call it my, uh, my rebellion years because like I, I had to make sense of it, you know? And uh, so for me, it's like, I'm like, dude, everything that I've done, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, you know what? The past six, seven years, I've, I've lived an honorable life. I'm not perfect. I mean, it's definitely not perfect, but I can, you know, it's been honorable. It's been productive. I've worked really hard. And it's like the polar opposite of everything that I was doing before that. You know what I mean? And and it's just, dude, I'm like, I don't even know who that guy was. You know, but but like you said, it's like I had to get annihilated 
and blackout drunk because I, I didn't like the, 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 where I was at, but I did it. It's like, it's, I couldn't try to go into a bar sober, dude. It's, it's, it's terrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's not, it's not a fun place to be, you know? So yeah, man, it's uh, I can relate to that. And I, and I want to tie in. So a, a couple of your posts um, did really like resonate with me and it's, it's geared towards men, right? Men that mm-hmm. don't aren't focused lack clarity, lack purpose, lack mission, lack the drive to do better. And there's a lot of stuff around this now nowadays. And I love Jordan Peterson because he touches on a lot of this as well. And um, a lot of men, I feel like, are being sedated, you know, and, and you know, kind of hypnotized to sleep. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's a real big social problem. Mm-hmm. What do you think is causing that? What do you think, in, in, your, in your opinion, what do you think is causing a lot of men to, to maybe not touch in and, and, and lock in on their mission and their purpose in life. Man, you can get into some crazy conspiracy theories yep. with this one question. <laughs> but you're looking at a society that is saying men are bad. You're saying men should not be in charge, should not be so gung-ho about things. Right. You go back in, in time and you start to analyze how men were, you know, barbarians and went to war and had this mentality of <clears throat> i'm going to take care of my family hell or high water right. well nowadays if if men are asleep if men are hip, hypnotized they can be pushed around and so they're not going to start the businesses they're not going to be able to protect their family they're going to give up their guns they're probably not going to be decisive and that is exactly what the system or the matrix, however you want to look at it, it's exactly what it wants because then they can come in and say, you know what, we'll take care of your kids for you. Oh, yeah, when you go to school, I, we'll, we'll teach them exactly what we want to teach them. You have no say so. Oh, yeah, yeah. On TV, do exactly what we say here because we're going to get you to vote a certain way. Oh, we're going to get you to believe a certain thing. And so it takes away the individual, um, you know, decisiveness uh, of a man. And I think that uh, the people who fight back against that are winning at a higher level than ever before. There's very little competition for people who are clear-minded, courageous, confident, and have the ability to stand out there and say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to abide by those roles. That It's not who I am. You see the individuals like the Ian Smith fitness. You, you know who that is, right? No, Ian I don't Smith. actually. No. Ian Smith, uh, he's very vocal on Twitter. Um, but you see the Elon Musks now. You see yeah. uh, uh, people who are standing up. You see the uh, Andrew Tates, right? Yeah, That's a great yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. These people are out there. They're getting a lot of attention because they're now calling to a group of people who have been forgotten or even pushed around to such a high degree, try to demasculate them. So there's a there's a need for it. And uh, I think that there's a huge push when it comes to the society side. Right. And the other side of it is, is they don't want to be outcasted within their families and their mm-hmm. friends, because if you go back in time, if you were the outcast, chances are you're going to die because you're going <laughs> to starve on your own. Yeah. I think that it, once it's ingrained in you at a young age to not be the outcast, you know, you just have this group think mentality. And so it becomes harder and harder to push back because the moment you do, now you are on your own. And what we're finding out here, and you're seeing this probably a lot because we're in the same circles. Yeah. Those who push back are the outcasts in the family and the friend yes. group. Yes. But we find each other. Yes. We find each other through podcasts like this. 
Yes. And then we team up and we do great business together. Yes. So uh, I, I think of, and then this is, you can go back to Fight Club. I talk, I talk a lot about Fight Club. It's a great, it's a great example for this. But Tyler Durden is not the model for men because he has money and success. He is the model for a man because he's free in every which way the other men are not. Mm-hmm. That guy lives in a way that he's, he's in a shitty house. He doesn't care. He dresses in a way that's different. He doesn't care. He speaks up. He fights back. So when the writer was putting that together, I'm assuming only that they needed to create the man that all men are trying to be like, someone who's completely free. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, man, I don't know if I should put myself out there on social media and tell my true beliefs. Well, you'll never be a leader because those people out there who are looking for inspiration and motivation, who have been demasculated, who have been pushed aside, are looking for individuals who have the confidence and the courage to be free in every which way that other men just cannot at this time and age. So, yeah, I think there's a there's a very political movement for it, um, but it's just ripe for people like us to actually get out there and say what we re- truly believe because then we can get the attention. We'll probably get the hate. Yeah. But but you know, if you can if you can inspire and motivate enough people, then you can get what you want for sure too. That's powerful, Mike. And I think it's it's it comes down to freedom, you know, and I think it, and like you said it's every man has a different path and and some some guys are meant to, you know, make 20 million bucks a year. Some guys are meant to do other things, but if you can have freedom in your life, you're powerful, you know, and I think that's, that's so, so crucial, man. And and, and you're absolutely right. Most of us are outcasts. I'm an outcast in my family. Total outcast. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you know what I mean? Um, my friend circle is different than it was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't, I have a harder time, you know, connecting with certain types of things, you know what I mean? And, and it's, 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 and it can be, it can be challenging at times. Um, but it's like, man, it feels good to be me. It feels good to, you know, cause when I was doing all those things, I really wasn't me. I was doing it to fit in. I was doing it to, to be accepted, you know what I mean? And, yes. and um, it's just, it's a really painful, painful process, you know, sometimes I kind of go through that. So what would you say, Mike, if the guys listening to this, He's not a business owner. Maybe he's 30, 30 years old, you know, and he's like, man, you know, I want to, I want to do something with my life. I, I feel that, that inner, that inner fire, but I haven't really done anything. And I do feel like I'm kind of getting pushed around in life. What, what do you, what's the first step? What would you tell that guy? The first thing to, to maybe do on his journey? Become articulate about where you're going. Start okay. putting it out in the world of where you see yourself in a year or five years from now. I think that you need to start to put down your thoughts on paper and out into the world for the world to hold you accountable. If it's all in up here, then it's never real, right? right. You can push it aside. Life gets in the way. You got to pay a bill. You get distracted. It's easy. But if you can articulate it on a piece of paper, clearly few words only, you don't need much and have it as a reminder everywhere you go. This is where you're going. This is what you need to accomplish. You're reminding yourself and you say it out loud, say it to yourself, listening to yourself, even speaking is such a powerful thing, but you need to now reprogram yourself 
that you are not the old version, right? You're the right. you're not the T eight hundred. You're the T one thousand now. You, you are go. now becoming an updated version of yourself. So I think you need to make it real by making it tangible, and uh, it's incredible. You know, I heard Patrick Bet David say at one time. Are you, are you a big Patrick Bet David love fan? Love Patrick. Yeah, love Patrick. Yeah. One of the other, you know, Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore's of entrepreneurs out there yep. to look at too. He says that every entrepreneur is a liar at one point, and it's your job to prove yourself right. Because when you're saying great things about yourself, maybe you're not in a point, not yeah. at a point in your life that you're the you're the great leader. And then you go back to the Bible. I don't know if you're a spiritual individual. Yes, hundred percent. But there is a, I think it's from Matthew. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I do read uh, almost every day. Um, but it talks about how if you are, if you are, if you're a manager of few, you will manage many in time. So if you can manage what you're given just at the smallest degree, yes, then you will be rewarded with many or a lot in the future because you're going to be tested. Yep. So right at the beginning, if you have no momentum and you have no, let's just say, confidence, start getting those little wins under your belt. Start to have a little bit confidence to make that first social media post. Hey, I can't wait. I'm going to be going to this event and I cannot wait for a year from now. I have my first rental property under my belt, right? You do that. All of a sudden it becomes a little easier the next day and a little easier and it becomes part of you. So now you're thinking that it's just automatic. The moment you can escape that scarcity mindset saying, I don't deserve it. This is not who I am. I'm never going to get this. I'm, I'm desperate. That's another piece of this. If you are thinking that you are not worthy, then you are automatically in desperation mode. And as we know, when you're dating a woman, if you're in desperation mode, whatever you're desperate for, whatever you're chasing, usually runs from you. Yeah. If you can shift your mind and say, I deserve it. It's coming to me. And I expect it. I expect this sale. I expect this win. Put it out into the world and something happens. I don't know if I can explain it in one podcast. But there is something that the universe hears in that and says, okay, I'm going to start to send you those opportunities. You look like a person that, oh, is looking for rental property. Other people will see it. Oh, maybe I know a guy and maybe I know a guy. And then all of a sudden the world starts opening up. So make it tangible, get very clear and have the world hold you accountable. Put it out there. You'll feel weird in the beginning, but eventually it'll become your new identity. Yeah, that's powerful, man. I, uh, all that will resonate with that hundred percent. And I, and I, I was talking to, cause I, I do, I do some coaching and it's, it's for men, you know, a lot of the guys that I coach are, um, they're kind of, they're in sales positions, you know, but they have an entrepreneur mindset and, and they're kind of on their, their journey. And I was talking to a guy and he wants to create, uh, yesterday he wanted to create, a a, a drop shipping company or something, you know, I, I can't remember. And he was like, I want to have 5k a month from this company. And I was like, and I already knew the answer, but I had to ask him. I was like, where are you at now? Well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm at zero. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, zero. okay, okay, well, that's cool. You're at zero. And, but, you know, and he was like, I got to have 5K in, in the next six months. And I go, hold on, man. I was like, look, why don't you just start with 200, 500, 600, you know, like just start, start, because then you're going to start building that momentum. And I think a lot of, a lot of guys starting off, they feel like they have to do it all and, a month or they have to do it. And, and it's like, and I told him, I was like, man, in life, and this is my philosophy. I was like, we don't, we don't really get what we want. We get what we are, you know, oh, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's like, for me, that's what I, and I resonate with what you're saying. Cause I'm, 
I'm a believer and, and I feel like, I feel like God's going to open up doors, not because I'm begging him for it, but because he's like, okay, Blake is ready for it. He's a, he's in a line with it. You know, he's, he's ready for these opportunities because honestly it would be, it'd be a detriment to me and to a lot of people if, if it was just like a, a free candy store and everything was just, you know, handed out because we're not ready for those opportunities. And I feel like, um, you know, if men are listening to this and it's like, Hey, how do I get there? Just exactly what you said is just articulated, have some sort of clarity and just take the first step and become that person, you know, just become that, become that person. So, uh, really, really powerful stuff. I Man, I want to get into your, your business dream stars publishing because, so for me, number one, I'll, I'd, I'd like to write a book. So it's, I partly, so, you know, it, it's when I do these podcasts, it, it's like half selfish, you know, cause I like, I want to, <laughs> yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to connect with like, you know, cool people and people that are doing really, you know, really big things. And uh, I would love to write a book. I know a lot of business people would love to write a book. To be honest with you, I feel like publishing a book is more, uh, has, is more esoteric than starting a business. I feel it seems more mysterious, you know, for, for, yeah. I mean, creating a business to me seems easier than publishing a book and becoming a bestseller. And I think a lot of, a lot of business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, and just people in general would maybe, maybe feel similar to that. So your, your company, Dream Starters Publishing, um, what does that process look like? If, if someone comes to you and they're like, Mike, I've had this company for five years. You know, my wife keeps telling me I need to, I need to, you know, put, make, put a book together. Or I need to do something. I could, I could do bigger things. I don't know where to begin. What do you guys do to help that person? Yeah. Great question, man. Uh, and what you're thinking is, is probably in alignment with many of my clients, right? It's just, where do I start? How do I put it together? I don't write a lot. I build businesses. Um, I think the reason why people do not get a book done though is because they don't realize how much money they're losing by not having it. Mm. And I've been in this for about six years now. I cannot believe how much I'm learning about what you can do with it, you know, how to use it, how to how to put it out there into the world to to get all kinds of attention and speaking gigs and, and revenue streams. And and I'm seeing it now. Like I'm learning every day because there's new things that I'm able to see because I'm in this world uh, in, in, in such depth. So you'll, you'll realize when you start to put pen to paper, you know, the power of clarity. And I always bring that up because it's not just clarity internally, but it's clarity when it comes to the market too. Right. If someone could hear your name, Blake, and they say, oh, Blake, he's in real estate or he's a coach or whatever. What if they could just say he's the best selling author of pushing the edge? Right. Oh, what, what's... What's pushing edge? Oh, it's it's a book basically about getting the best out of life. Oh, well now, whenever you are thought about pushing the edge equals Blake, Blake equals pushing the edge. So the market clarity just boosts your name overnight. So what we do is we try to make it easy for the everyday entrepreneur like yourself to get their book done in a very short amount of time. So I help you and hopefully you're able to have some type of starting point, but I help you articulate those 15 lessons, combine it with 15 stories that taught you those lessons. If you know where you're going in life, and this is very important, guys, if you know where you're going a year from now and how you're going to make most of your money, reverse engineer that and say, what are the 15 lessons that I could 
give to the world right now that will help position me as that dream version of myself? So 15 lessons. And the book that I put together, as I talked about earlier on, was called Dream Starter. So I wrote down vision, simplicity, demand. Those are my first three chapters. That's what helped my fifth business succeed. And so those are really generic lessons. And I tied it with specific stories that taught me that lesson, such as my door-to-door marketing days. I used to knock on doors and yeah. try to get them to sign up for home remodeling. Now, when you what you learn from that, you know, knocking on hundreds of doors. I've done be, it too, yeah. You've yeah. done it? Yeah. Yes. See? That's how I started in real estate. It was because I was on the, yeah, door knocking. Yeah. <laughs> what you learn from that transcends door knocking, right? It does, and it yeah. helps you in every Zoom call, every podcast. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So those, I mean, how about the people slamming doors in your faces, laughing oh, yeah. at you? Yeah. And you just got to keep grinning and knocking on doors. And it's a great, it's a great learning lesson. Anyways, yeah. so that story taught me a lesson. And if I'm able to help the world know about what I can help them with and where I come from as a person, so nobody trusts you until you, they, until you help them or nobody believes you or wants to work with you until you help them with their life. Right. But nobody will trust you until they know your backstory. Right. So you got to be of service first and then say, here's how I learned it. And then if you read my book, Blake, and you said in chapter two, man, he's a door knocker. I was a door knocker. Yeah. There's some common ground there, right? Yeah. So what I do is I make it. So you break it down into 15 lessons. I interview you for two hours one day and two and a half hours another day. And it's a very consolidated window of four and a half hours total. And all we do is we keep you on that train track. Hey, what are those lessons about? Tell me that story. Give me more detail. It's the Socratic method. And I bring up the Socratic method quite a bit because question, answer, question, answer is really how you get a, a very good life. If you constantly question everything, like what you were asking me before about, you know, why are men becoming weaker now? Yeah. If you question it, you find the answer. And right. Sometimes those answers are really scary. But if you have someone else ask you the question when it comes to the book, now you're thinking of things that you never even thought of. Oh, my God. You know what? My grandfather did teach me about accountability whenever I was on that tractor and I was eight years old. Oh, my God. That's where it comes from. So you have someone else spark that idea and you articulate it on a Zoom call like this and we will record it and I send all that content to a writer and a writer will write it. 30 days later, you get a first draft. Now, our theory here is as long as you get a bad first draft, you're one step closer to the goal. So we're not trying to write the best first draft. We're trying to write a first draft. You are now one step closer to becoming a best-selling author. We want to get it as close as possible. Four and a half hours, the average person speaks about 140 words per minute. There's a lot of content that came out. I mm -hmm. want to nail down what's important. So our writers are, are educated in a way that we're telling a story and teaching a lesson geared towards a specific audience 15 different times throughout that book. It's a simple process. We're going to get it really close. But when you read that first draft, you're going to be like, whoa, I like this. I like this. I like this. I don't like this. Let me fine tune it. Send it back to us. Now, in between the interview and you receiving that book, now my team, we go to work on helping you out with the title and subtitle. People think you need to start with that. No, that's usually after the interview. So when you put together the content, now you marry the title to the content. You don't marry the content to the title. I know it right. could be confusing, yeah. but people usually start off a title and say, everything I say has got to fit that. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I want you to build it and then get a perfect title for that content. So we help you out with that. Then we go to cover design. So day 30, think about this. You receive a book that's 120 pages at least, 20 to 25,000 words, and you have a bunch of covers to look at. So you pick your favorite cover, fine tune it, read your book, make adjustments. It usually takes 30 days for our clients to review their own book and make adjustments. Once you send it back to us, we do a clean edit, clean format, upload to Amazon, Amazon prints it. Then you get it in your hands. And you say, oh my God, this is real. You'll never forget that day, by the way, Blake, when you get your book in the mail, I still never, I nothing ever compares to that first book that arrived in my mailbox. I swear to God, it was a game changer. So I got that and I'm like, oh my God, it's a printed book for $4 <laughs> from Amazon. So once you uh, give us the thumbs up, then we put you on the schedule and you become an Amazon bestseller. So the typical process for our clients is, you know, 70. Whoop. Yeah, Mikey there. Okay, there we yep. go. Sorry. Cut out there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it, I don't know where, where I, where uh, I lost uh, you there. 70, 70, 70 hours or uh, Se uh, 75 at days. Yeah. Okay. So it's usually the typical process, 75 days for our clients. And uh, yeah, you're an Amazon best-selling author. Now I always say to people, that's amazing. You're an Amazon best-selling author in 75 days. You're teaching lessons, telling stories geared towards a specific audience. This book will help position you as the go-to expert in the dream life that you have already thought about in the very beginning. And now you can use that as a breadcrumb towards Oh, my speaking gigs, podcast interviews, clients, revenue streams, masterminds, automation, emails, text messages, social media posts. It never ends. So the hard part is getting it done. And if we can help you do that, then you're one step closer to just a new life. That's that's powerful, man. Dude, so many, so many things there. Number one, when I think of writing a book, dude, I think of like, you know, I got to stay up until midnight and I'm trying to like, I have papers everywhere and I'm <laughs> you know, like, yeah. these are the thoughts that come to my mind. And it's like, I'm not, I mean, I, I love reading and I love, you know, I journal and I do things like that, but by no means am I, am I the guy that's like able to type out, you know, 4,000 pages or something, you know? So, but that's what I think of. So your process eliminates that excuse. It eliminates that barrier, you know, for, for someone and also, I think the biggest thing for that you said that really resonated for me, and I think for a lot of other people that want to run a, would want to run a book, is like, well, I don't really feel like I know. I mean, I know things, but you know, I don't know. I mean, it's I I can't. I don't have enough to put in a book, you know. But your process of asking these questions and basically just extracting all this data that people already know. If if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur. You already have all these lessons inside of you, you know, but it's just like you, you're, you know, they're so unconscious because you do them every day. Right. And then you're able to kind of bring it out to the light and then, and then put it together into a really cool book. So, dude, that's that's awesome, man. And also. It's not just the book, but it's what it does for you. It's it opens up oh. the doors. It's a catalyst, dude. It's like oh. Similar to the story about you, you know, going to New York and doing it basically for free, but that opened up a door. It's like the lesson was it was it was not just, you know, getting that one client. It was, you know, the relationship and then obviously building that connection. And with a book, you're building more opportunities, more connections for yourself. 100 percent, man. Uh, when you are a, an author, 
and you have a book out there, you're doing something that most people want to do. All right. right. So the way to get someone else's attention is just to live a life that they want to live. That is the, the easiest definition of how to get attention. So when you put out a book and what you find out is that most people want to put out a book, but it's very hard. So getting a book done shows commitment, right? People want to do business with committed individuals. If 100%. you can accomplish something that's difficult, you already have that checkbox checked off. The second part is that word bestseller. Now you are proven by the market to be a winner. And how do you become a bestseller? It's a game, guys. Go. I always talk about Jordan Peterson, but life is a series of games, right? So reverse engineer how to get invited to play all these games. The way to do so is to acquire all kinds of accolades and trophies. And if you become a bestseller through leverage, positioning, and timing, now you are seen by the world to be a winner. And so having a book shows commitment, being a bestseller shows that you're a winner. And then what you do with it is really what matters. So you talk about this, uh, you know, this relationship that you're building. Well, story, we learn from stories. If I right. know where you come from and I know you're a personal trainer and I know you, what you've gone through as a door knocker, I like you a lot more, right? right. I know you as a person. Right. Yeah. So now I'm going to listen to you a little bit more. I'm going to probably tune into your podcast more. I'm going to follow you online, like your stuff. As long as you put out your story in a way that connects with someone, now you're one step ahead of the other person doing exactly what you're doing. There are many book businesses out there. However, I guarantee not many of them are as outspoken or have my same story. Right. So if I just lean on that, now I can out, I can out market. I can outposition my competitors and I can attract a tribe. So the last piece of this is when you put a book out there, you use it as a magnet to acquire attention from individuals, from the right individuals, filter them out on where they're at in the journey. And then you turn them into real relationships. What you can do with relationships, I mean, it's 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 unlimited basically. You're building a tribe based off of your story and your lessons. So if this story does not connect with someone, they're probably going to go away. But what if that story and that lesson does and you help them out with their life? Now they're in your tribe for a very long time. And with a tribe, you can win some wars. Uh, dude, that's powerful. That's a that's a good ending point. Because, dude, I feel like we could I could go for hours talking about this shit. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Uh, Mike, it's uh, it, was, it was awesome having you on the podcast today. How can people connect with you? What's the best way to uh, to get connected with you and, and possibly work with you, obviously, in the future? Yeah, dreamstarterspublishing.com. Check it out. You'll see everything there. Follow me on Instagram at the Dreamstarter or, you know, get in touch with me through uh, Facebook, Mike Fallett, F A L L A T. Uh, I'd love to help you out and show you uh, how to use your book as a way to, you know, change your life. Awesome, man. Well, Mike, thanks for being on today, brother. Looking forward to connecting with you soon. And, uh, man, my wheels are turning on, on my book, man. So I'm going to be reaching out to you. Beautiful. Thanks, awesome, brother. Me, yes, sir. Bye.